Hey, ebook readers, right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series ebooks are only $2.99. That's Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts, Flight Attendant Joe, and I'm Just Here for the Layovers on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo, $2.99 each. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe. Today I'm doing things a little differently. I'm actually recording this intro that you're listening to the day the episode is coming out. So today is April 9th. I'm recording this live at this moment. Um, But before I get started, there's a lot of people I want to thank right now. I want to thank all the healthcare professionals, the nurses, the doctors, the EMTs, the paramedics, the people in charge of safety for the counties and the states, all the way up the line who are giving us information, who are on the front lines, who are, you know, sacrificing themselves because they, that that's their job, right? That's what they signed up for. They did that oath and now they're taking care of people and they're putting themselves in harm's way. And it's very emotional, but I want to thank them. I also want to thank everyone in the airline industry, the pilots, the flight attendants, the gate agents, everyone who's continuous, continuing to go to work and fly empty fucking airplanes. <laughs> Listen, I don't run the airline industry, so I don't understand it, but I think it's crazy and I don't, I just don't get it, but they're out there. So thank you guys so much. Everyone in the airline industry, all the restaurant workers who continue to go to work and to cook food and so that we can pick it up and people can deliver it. The delivery workers, the United States Postal Service who's still delivering our mail, all those employees, shared card ride services. I had a couple weeks ago, I took a lift ride home from the airport when I had to go to recurrent training. Don't even, I don't even want to talk about that. But I ended up tipping them 10 bucks because he said, I've been waiting four hours for this call. And I thought, Jesus Christ. I mean, this dude's sitting at the airport for four fucking hours waiting for me to need a ride. So I, I over tipped him. So if you are getting food delivered, if you're getting in lifts or Ubers, if you can afford it, go ahead and please, you know, be generous with your tips. If you can afford it, if you can't afford it, you can't, and that's, that's okay. But if you can, send out that kindness to that person. They are going to be so grateful. All right, let's get to this episode. I'm very excited because I'm going to start recording and releasing two episodes a week. And this is the first time it's happening. My husband and I wanted, you know, we're sitting here, we're both, we don't have children. We're in a very quiet house. We have two cats. They're the most noise that happens. They're the, they're the biggest problem in the house, you know, but other than that, this is just like a vacation. Oh, we're sitting at home. We can watch movies. We can lay on the sofa. And we started thinking about what it's like for people who have children who, where their kids are supposed to be in school right now, seven hours a day, but they're at home. Now parents have become teachers, parents, teachers, they're homeschooling. Nothing is open. So what the fuck do you do with your kids? But welcome to this episode. So what I did was I reached out to three families that I know. So I know all of these people and I wanted to get involved in their life a little bit and I wanted to be nosy and I wanted to ask them, hey, what is going on within your walls? What's it like? What is it like having your kid at home when they should be in school? 
Um, my first guest, her name is Sarah. She's the wife of a pilot. She has two sons. My second guests are a married couple, John and Sarah. They have two children, a boy and a girl. And then pulling it up in the rear is my friend Kendra, who's married. They have one kid. And I just bombarded them with a lot of questions and they were very open and honest. Um, I think I even said kids are assholes. I don't know if anyone agreed with me, but check it. This is a great episode and I want to thank them all for coming on. This is parents with their kids at home during COVID. So <laughs> thank you, Sarah, for calling in um, and talking to me a little bit about what it's like at your house. You guys have how many kids? We have two kids, two boys. Um, oh. One's nine and, and in third grade. And the other one's just turned five and is in preschool. So, so the five-year-old's in preschool, so has not started kindergarten yet? No, just preschool. Now, what was it like for you guys? So are they out of school right now? Are they, is like school shut down in your state? School is shut down in, in our state. Our governor um, came out to maybe last week or the week before and said until May 15th, we are, schools are done. Now, when were I'm they fully expecting the? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm fully expecting them to announce like they're not going back though. Right, and that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. What? When do they? When was they? When were they supposed to get out? So my oldest should be done. I get like end of May, May twenty. Like not very far after the fifteenth. It was like a week or so after. And then my youngest is into June, but not maybe the first week of June. Have so you, because, I mean, it's silly for them to go back. Yeah, absolutely. At that, at that point it would, unless they extended it, because if they went back, wouldn't they extend the school year into the summer to make up all this time? Or is the work that they're doing your oldest son right now, the, is he doing classwork? He is. So he goes to private school though. So it'll be, it's different for him. The public schools around here, I don't, um, they could say that with his school, they're doing an actual like virtual learning. Like he's on the computer with his classmates first thing in the morning. They have their morning meeting. They um, do some like read aloud and work with each other. He's doing his reading group on Zoom. Like they're doing, he's doing actual schoolwork. He has a schedule. So I think he'll be done no matter what. Oh, like normal. Okay. As far as the public schools, though, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So your oldest, because he's in private school right now, they have a very um, organized curriculum for him to follow. So he's so that helps with his routine, obviously. It does. Yeah, it does. It's hard, though, because there's so many distractions that he doesn't really want to sit and do his math for 30 to 45 minutes. Like he sees the schedule, but it doesn't mean that we we don't argue about sticking with it. Do you, do you, do you guys, do you kind of let him say, all right, if you don't want to do it now, but you have to do it in an hour? Sort of. Something like that, I, right. I keep trying to, yeah, I try, I keep trying to convince him like the quicker he does it and like the sooner he gets done during like in the morning, if we just power through and do everything in the morning, then he has all afternoon to play and play video games and go outside and do all that. So it's just, I, I try and get him to do it right away as opposed to doing you know, a little bit and then taking a break. What do they think? I'm sure they probably um, process everything that's going on, but what do they think's happening in the world? 
I mean, I don't think they really get it. Like that's, um, Liam, my oldest and I had a conversation this morning. Like he didn't understand that he, they weren't the only ones not going to school. Like, and that's what my little ones asked too. Like is so-and-so like, is, uh, is, are his cousins in school? And I, I explained today that this is, you know, like a global pandemic and the little one doesn't understand, but Liam's smart and he knows, I mean, he, we, he hears us talk about it. He hears it on the news. He heard when he was in school, like the kids were talking about it nonstop. So, I mean, I think that he, they don't fully grasp it, but at least he gets, we had a really long conversation about it today, actually. And I think that he's kind of understands it a little bit more. Are they missing, do they miss the idea of going to school? Do they miss that I get up every morning, I get on the bus or mom drives me to the school? Like, do they miss that? No. No, they don't. Okay, no. so they're glad to be home. I. Oh, they love it. They think it's extended <laughs> summer. They think that, I mean, they can eat anytime they want. They can't, you know, I mean, they just, they've got, they've got me who they can just, you know, tell me I'm hungry and I will make them food. So they're, they've got it made here. They're good. <laughs> I love that because that's what Matt and I were thinking. I was thinking like, at what level are parents, because in my mind, if my kid was home, I would be like, you need to go back to fucking school because I'm going to wring your neck. And this is why I don't have yeah. children. So, you know, <laughs> I see parents on social media and they're like, oh, I love having my kids at home and this is amazing and this is so much fun. But then part of me thinks you're probably not being 100% correct. No, they're full of shit. It's hard. It's <laughs> Thank you. Like that. <laughs> That's not, it's hard. It's really hard. Like having them home in the summer is great because I, even that gets hard, but like, at least you don't have to, I feel like I have this guilt. Like they should be learning something. Even my preschooler who like, I, he's, he's five. Like all he needs to know is are his letters and to count to 20 to get into kindergarten. Like I shouldn't be that worried about him, right. but I still feel like guilt. Like they, sh- they should be in school. So I should be, making sure that they continue to like learn stuff during this time. Whereas like during the summer, it's, we've got the pool open, we've got friends around and like our days get busy right now. We we're literally staring, staring at each other for 90% of the day. Like we just a lot of together time for the whole family too. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, my husband is not normally home this length of time so we we it's an interesting dynamic that's for sure well you start you know i had this thought of and it's so scary for me to ask parents but i'm gonna ask it um you know because i always see you know i always look i'm I'm so nervous to ask this question for some reason i don't know why i i say anything but i have this idea of parents spending all this extra time with their kids and thinking, Oh my God, I'm raising an asshole. What do I do now? Like, how do I change? And I don't think your kids are assholes. I love your children. I say that to everyone, by the way. No, I don't No, Some kids I do not like, and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But I do love your kids. But like at some point, I wonder if there's any parents out there who are thinking, Oh my God, these poor teachers. Cause these kids are fucking animals. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like after this, teachers deserve so much more than they get paid, especially in North Carolina where we live. I feel like it's one of the most underpaid states for teachers. And I just, I, I, 
Adam said, my husband came down. There was some argument upstairs when I was down um, doing something downstairs. And Adam came down and he even said, like, man, being an asshole. Like, they just, they, when there's too much together time, they absolutely can be assholes. Because, I mean, I can be an asshole when I'm around somebody too long. So they can certainly, and especially not knowing they're nine and five. They don't know how to control their emotions. They don't know how, like, how to express how they're feeling. So sometimes they just get like mean or crazy or I mean it's and I I always have to think like in the back of my mind they they just don't understand they don't know how to deal with this but it's hard in the heat of the moment not to scream like obscenities at them my kids have gotten really used to the my kids have gotten really used to the f word lately that's for sure Oh my God. Listen, if I had kids, that would be the, that's what they would say when they would go to school, they'd get a C on their paper and they'd say, fuck. And then I'd get the phone call and I'd be like, I am so sorry. I have no idea where they learned that word. Cause I would. Well, my kids, I teach them, I teach them swearing kind of like drinking alcohol. Like it's not swearing itself isn't bad. You just can't do it when you're a kid. So when you get old enough, you can say it all you want, but until then, you don't say, you can hear adults say it, because they always say, like, so, like, my brother is the worst. So he, you know, they'll say, Uncle Nick said the F word. And I'm like, he's a lot. Uncle Nick say the F word. He, right. That's okay. Yeah. And sometimes, Liam, my oldest, he said, like, he'll ask me, Mom, I'm really mad about something. Can I go upstairs and scream a curse word? <laughs> no. Now, see, <laughs> you can't do it when you tell me do, to, that you're doing it. Go do it and don't tell me that it's happening. <laughs> see, if my nine-year-old came up to me and said, I want to go in my room and scream fuck at the top of my lungs, I'd be like, just close your door and don't have the window open. See, I would. <laughs> That's, I, but I've told him that he can absolutely do that. Just don't tell me that it's happening. <laughs> Are they? He's just a. He, He's so used to asking permission for stuff. So, I mean, he's a good kid. So, I mean, it just makes me laugh that he asks if he can do it. But That's actually good. You know, does he tell on himself? Uh, sometimes, yeah. That's so interesting. Kids are so I fantastic. Know. They're so interesting because as adults, we keep our secrets to ourselves. There's never, we're never going to tell on ourselves. But kids are just like, I just said fuck. And you're <laughs> Sorry, like, oh, mom. All yeah. right, go, go. Go put a quarter in the jar. Now, well, and they also tell on us, though. Like, I, I've been privy to his morning meetings on Zoom, and with his whole class, he's got 16 kids in his class, so it's all of his classmates and his teacher. And she'll ask, like, she'll check in with them and see what's going on. And some of the stuff that these kids say to their teachers, like, about their parents or, like, what's going on in their life, like, there's no way that their teachers don't know every single thing about us. Like I'm sure that his future knows that I swear too much and drink too much. <laughs> that that would be awkward when you go in for a parent conference <laughs> meeting and the teacher's probably like, how many glasses of wine have you had? Well, it's only eight in the morning. So two. <laughs> Just two. Yeah. Don't be up with my business, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go with you and just act like your husband one day when you go to one of these parents. And we could just pull out the wine and say, listen, there's no reason to lie because I know my kid tells you everything about me. Right. right. I know. How are they? Um, so they're about f four years apart. How are they getting along? Do they get along? Do they play well together? Or is there a lot of fighting? Uh, there's, it's kind of both. They're really like 50, 50. I think, um, 
they are four and a half years apart. And when my youngest was born, Liam, as a four-year-old, thought that I was giving birth to a four-year-old for him to play with. So he has been very disappointed for the last five years. And really recently, they've started like, say, my little one is really good at video games. So they can play together and do that stuff. So they do get along for the most part. But there are, you know, one always inevitably takes it too far. And they haven't really started physically fighting yet, but they argue quite a bit, for sure. So... Is so I don't know a lot about because I I was an only child myself and so and I don't have children. Does it will it automatically transition into where they're physically fighting? Is that just normal? So I've heard, yeah, with boys, yeah. I mean, I don't. I I had a brother that was four years older than me, and he, I, he used to beat me up. So I would imagine that it would be that and worse with two boys. Yeah, something. Tells I just me think with my. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I like. I just think with um, my like Liam, my oldest. He is just a gentle person in general, though. So I think that's really the only thing they both kind of are, really. And so I think that normally, in an normally they would be physically fighting at this point. But I do think that they're both. They're not. Neither of them I would describe as like. I hate this term, but all boy where they're, you know, they're not jumping off of things and injuring themselves all the time. They're all, they're, they're actually very careful. So I think that that has a lot to do with the two of them. It's their personality. It's less, I think it's more expected for boys to do it, but they just, that's not their personalities. And I, I feel like as they get older and stronger, it might be, but we'll see. Well, I imagine the younger one is going to beat up the older one. I mean, he's gigantic. So yeah, yeah he's I, going I, to outweigh him too. I imagine that that's what's going to happen. So hopefully not though. I mean, they'll probably both take turns beating the shit out of each other and you'll be downstairs drinking wine. Like I don't give a fuck anymore. Uh-huh. You're teenagers. Move <laughs> out. Move out. Yeah. And Owen, the youngest one, he's only like six pounds less than, than Liam. So he, uh, they're very, they're, Height wise, they're very different, but weight wise, they're very close. Wow. Owen's going to be a brute, so yeah, yeah he he's gonna he's gonna tear shit up, as they say. How are <laughs> as they, they say? Yeah. As they say, how are they keeping? Are they keeping in touch with their friends? How are you doing that? Because you know, when they're younger, social interaction is so important. And now it's kind of like they're not going to school, they're not going to events, they're not hanging out with people. What are you guys doing to fulfill that need? So we we let Liam have the uh, um, Facebook Messenger Kids app, and oh, it seems to be yeah, like we control it. Adam and I, my husband and I, control the the app, like who his contacts are. We have all the information on our phone, but it's on Liam's tablet. So he, we have him like his contacts are like our family, his cousins, some of his friends from school, some of our neighbor friends. So he can video chat with them and text them through that. And they send pictures back and forth. And there's like little games that you can play, like draw something and you send it to somebody and they have to guess what it is. Um, But he does a lot of that with his friends. And I think with, um, and he plays video games online. So he's talking to some of, he plays Fortnite with some of his school friends. So he's talking to people 
that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and my youngest, we just, I mean, he kind of does whatever Liam does. So he's involved in some of the like video chatting, but he's not really, he's too young to really do any of that stuff by himself. So he just tags along with his big brother. Right. I didn't know that there was a Facebook kids messenger app that parents can control so that kids can stay in touch. That's really cool. See, that's why I do this podcast. I had no idea that existed. (laughs) And there might be people out there that don't know that exists, or maybe I don't because I don't have kids. Maybe. Um, Now, would you say that your family is very social? Because something else my husband and I were talking about was, you know, this isn't difficult for him and I because we live you know, we've just moved to Colorado. We don't really have a circle of friends yet. We really just kind of stick to ourselves. So when the world's falling apart and they're like, stay home, you can't go see anybody. We're like, oh, okay. I've been doing this for four months anyway. I'm good. But what's it like if you're a really social family where you're going out a lot, you're going to restaurants, you're involved with other families. How are you guys coping with not being able to do that? I mean, it's hard. We are. We're very social. We live in a neighborhood with um, that we've made tons of friends, and um, we do do a lot with families and as couple as a couple. And um, so it's been hard. I think our neighborhood has been great, though. Like we normally do a like Easter egg hunt, a big annual Easter egg hunt at the at our neighborhood park um, for all the kids, and it had to be canceled. It was last weekend and of course it was canceled so um the girl that normally my son that normally um plans it she rode around in the back of a pickup truck dressed like the easter bunny and threw eggs <laughs> at <laughs> the kids like we all stood out on our on our yards and like we talk across yards and across driveways and um we go for walks a lot and we see people, you know, and kind of talk from a distance that way, but it's not the same. I've been, um, I've been missing my girlfriends a lot. So we do, um, that the house party app. Have you heard of this one? No, but I think I need this. What is it called? Oh, it's fun. It's called house party. And so we, it's like a video chatting app, but you can do trivia. Um, and there's, the what's that heads up game? I right. think it's called. And there's, um, it's called chips and guac, but it's just like cards against humanity or apples to apples. Okay. It, and you can play it virtually with like, you're all on your screen and you can play against each other in all of these games. Plus you can just sit there and talk too. And there's no limit. Like there is on zoom. I think zoom, you only get like 40 minutes if you're on the free, like the basic oh. one. So house party, like I sat on my deck the other night and, um, chatted with two of my girlfriends from high school for two and a half hours and we just had cocktails and drank and it was drank and talked and had so many laughs. So I, I think that that stuff helped me and us as a family, just being able to still maintain communication right, with people and be able to physically see people, even if it is on a screen. You know, I, I, I think I'm going to download that app because that does sound fun because my because of our situation that we don't live by people we know my close friends are all over the place so even when there isn't a pandemic going on i have to really interact with my friends via social media whatsapp texting i i I text constantly i probably have carpal tunnel 
so that's that's normal for me that type of favor but an app like that i think would be fun i just did a virtual zoom birthday party last night Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, so yesterday was um, one of my best friend's 40th birthday, and his wife set it up for like five of his closest friends to call into Zoom. And we, for like 30 minutes, I was hammered. I drank a whole bottle of champagne <laughs> mimosas in the afternoon, and then I brought a bottle of wine with me to my office to call in and proceeded to drink that bottle of wine within like a 30-minute time period. So I don't remember what I said. I think two people got scared and left the call. <laughs> Because I'm a lunatic when I'm not drunk. So when I'm drunk, I'm no. even crazier. But I, um, <laughs> but I had a hard time getting on the Zoom app, and I was freaking out. I like my husband and I got into a little bit of a tiff because when I get angry, I go to a ten very, very quickly. And to, ah. yes, like I'm the sweetest guy, but if my computer stops working, I'm at like a ten, and I'm ready to like. I've, I've punched my computer before. So oh, <laughs> you're like, Oh my God, who is this crazy person? So yeah. So I get, whoa. yeah. Whoa. I did. Yes. I confess to everything on this podcast. So, um, but I did that party last night and it was so much fun. And I'm thinking, why did it take a pandemic to do this? Isn't that, I was just talking to my mom about that. Cause my best friend, um, we moved from Michigan almost seven years ago and my best She hung up on me, so I'm going to call her back. Hello? Hello? I thought you got scared because I confessed I punched my computer, and then you just hung up no, on me. No. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Am I, well, I think it was my phone just hung up on you. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, my God, I scared her. And now she's going to be like, Joe can never visit us because no. he has anger issues. No. But no, you still need to. Yes, of course. But so you were saying that you were talking to your mom about why did we wait for a pandemic to – have these kind of social interactions with people. Yes. I feel like I catch up more now with my best friend that I moved away from than I did for the first, you know, six and a half years that we've been here. Like we still, we chat a lot, but like face, like face to face, the FaceTiming and um, that house party app, like we see each other almost every night now. So it's been, it's, that part's been really cool kind of just to get those friendships back for sure. I wonder how much that has to do with people are kind of just in this limbo, bored, bored kind of. And it, <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying your friends, but just in general, people are bored no. and there's not much going on. So they're like, oh, I have all this free time. I'm going to put it back into building relationships, something that we've gone away from because everything is, hi, I send you a quick text. Nobody talks on the phone anymore. You know, so... That's actually a positive that's coming out of this, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this like, kind of goes back to the kids, too. Um, I normally don't get to see their school day and what they're learning about and doing. We kind of get the like cliff notes and not even really very good cliff notes at the end of the day when, they're, when they come home. Where, like We just do like quick homework and move on about our day. I, it's been really interesting to see to like sit down and go through stuff. I mean, again, that was so much with the preschooler, but, uh, but even with him to see what he, what he actually does know, but to see what my third grader is doing and what he has done, like he's working on the state fair project. He has the, the state of Arizona and the information that he has gathered and these Google slides that he's put together 
for his presentation are amazing. And these are things that like, I wouldn't necessarily know if this wasn't going on until it actually happened. But it's just, it's been kind of cool to see like their, where they are education wise and what they're kind of into and which subjects they truly enjoy the most. Cause Liam's always told me that he likes, you know, the history and the science the best, but he's really good at reading and writing. So it's, it's been, that part's been cool about this too, that we, we get to see a lot of things that we wouldn't normally get to see. I think that's, I think that's really cool. And I, you know, you don't ever think of that. You just, you like, you send your kid off to school. You're like, okay, he's learning. He's in school. He's going to bring me home the end of the day report. And now we're, now we're into life of stop running in the house. Don't throw the ball in the house, blah, blah, blah. And it, yeah. it makes you stop. And now you're like, it's almost like homeschooling, but via regular school. So you get to just stand there and watch, but also be yeah, really absolutely. impressed. Cause you know, it's like, wow, my yep. kid, that's how my kid's learning. That's incredible. It is. It's really cool to see. And like the technology that they use, the one complaint I have about all of this is more with the preschooler though, because I, with preschool stuff, I have to be actively involved and I am not a preschool teacher by choice. Right. <laughs> and so doing all of these like, you know, silly songs and running around and like, you know, making up things and project after project like that's just not really my jam so that's that's been an, a very big adjustment for me is getting into the preschool teacher mindset because he does need to continue with this stuff if he's gonna be comfortable with kindergarten I know he, I know he's ready for kindergarten but I also don't want him to like take five months off of school and then throw a shit fit when it's time to Right. Go to school next fall. Like he's going to get used to not going. So we've got to, I, my only concern with him is to keep him used to like a routine and kind of staying involved with school stuff. Right. God, I hope he's not like me. When I started kindergarten, they had to drag me into the classroom kicking and screaming. And I was such a little bitch that I made my grandmother stay with me that day. And then she ended up becoming the teacher's assistant. This was also 1977. Yeah, this was 1977. Things were probably done different. And I remember that first day the teacher was like, can you just stay with him? Because he seems like he's a lunatic. And my grandmother was like, yeah, sure. So then the next day she drops (laughs) me off, right? The next day she drops me off and she's like, goodbye. They called me Joseph. Goodbye or Joe. And, And I was like, whoa, bitch, where are you going? Like you ain't leaving. That sounds so, a lot like Owen. Right. So I threw yeah. a fit again and then she became the teacher's assistant with no, then I bitched because I wasn't in her group and she would always give everyone stars. And then I was like, now I want some stars. And she's like, you're going to be a handful. And she wasn't lying. You have been high maintenance from the get go, oh, haven't you? From kindergarten. I think that's where it started because that was the first time someone, you know, they, they could have easily set me down a path to understand the word no. Right. But they literally let a four and a half year old, because back then you could start kindergarten as long as you turned five by December. So I was like, and my birthday was in November. So I was like four years old for like three months. They basically let a four year old control kindergarten. That is the worst fucking thing you could ever do. Who does that? Absolutely. I would tell my kid, if you don't walk into that school, you're going to have to drag yourself because you'll have two broken legs. Yeah. So that, and you actually bring up a very interesting point that Adam and I just discussed 
we are like starting to become yes parents because it's just too hard to say no sometimes. So, um, and we're struggling with that. Like we need to say no more just for the hell of it. Like just so they get used to saying no, but like when you're stuck at home and they want a toaster strudel for dinner, sometimes I'm like, I just can't say no. Just go, if you make it yourself, go ahead and do it. And that's, these are (laughs) things that we should really be watching ourselves doing, but it's when you're crawling up the walls, it's easy to just let them kind of do what they want for a little while and just like blame it on the pandemic. <laughs> yes, you can have a toaster strudel waffle, whatever. <laughs> just don't touch my wine, damn it. Like, I don't give a fuck what you eat. One dinner, one streusel dinner is not going to ruin your life. Like, no, yeah. I'm two bottles of wine in. You're fine. Yeah, you're you do what you, you do you. Don't destroy the toaster. But other than that, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Now, do you say yes a lot because it's just easier than having to, like, when you say no, there's a lot of questions that come. There's attitude. There's bitchiness. And this is from the kids. Is it easier just yeah, to say yes, both, do, really. do, ever, do whatever you want, just leave me the fuck alone for a minute? In real life, no. I say no quite a bit. Like, And, and I think that they, they still argue with me. But... Um, but I do try and say, and sometimes I'll just say no, even if I don't mind, I'll just say no. So they know who's boss. Right. <laughs> but pandemic life is totally different. Like it's just, it's kind of, we're like anything goes right now. I, I don't have the energy to argue with them most of the time. So it, I feel like we're turning into the yes parents when normally we are not. Now, do we're you, normally not like that. Do you tell them like, I'm only saying yes, because there's a pandemic. If there wasn't a pandemic and this was a normal Tuesday, the answer is no. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I call it the pandemic. Yes. Yes. The pan- like that. The pandemic. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> I love parenting. <laughs> like I can, and because I say that uh, when this is hopefully all over, I can say, no, that was pandemic, yes. This is like real world, yes, or no. So you, you've got to you've got to know the difference. Now, do you guys play good so, parent, bad parent? Is there a, like, is one, is one parent where the kids always go because I know they're going to say yes, and then the other parent always says um, no or whatnot? Yeah, I feel like I'm a little bit easier on the yes. But Adam never disciplines. So, like, I we're, we're kind of equal. Like, I'm always the one who loses my shit on him and punishes him. Adam's just the, like, easygoing whatever. But he will say no to a lot of weird stuff. Some of the stuff that he says no to, I'm like, but why? Like, what is the reason he has that? Well, and I think, again, he's probably just saying no so he can establish dominance with them. Right. But I think we do, I think we trade off pretty well. I mean, and he's gone a lot of the time. So like it's me doing kind of everything most of the, most of the time. So he does, I feel like not out of like not being disrespectful to him, but I think he does defer to me a lot when he is home because we, we have a pretty like cohesive relationship, like, or way things are here. And so I don't think he never wants to rock that boat when he comes home to right 
to it. So I think we, we go back and forth, but I feel like I am mostly the bad guy when it comes to discipline, but he will say no more for sure. Is there ever a time when the kids will come to you and say, dad said, no, I can't do this. And you're like, why the fuck would he say? No, that's stupid. Let me go find out. Or do you stay, but do you say that to your kid or do you kind of keep that in and then just go? Because I have this vision that kids play parents against each other. And like, I can imagine your oldest one teaching the younger one, like, listen, it's us against them. So we have to, you know, we may fight and argue a lot, but at the end of the day, it's us against the parents. (laughs) I have this vision that that's what it's like. Well, and they do. They know. If, like, Dad says no, they'll come to me, and Liam will say, you know, Mom, I just asked Dad if I could go play Fortnite or do do whatever, and Dad said no, not right now. And I'll, and I'll look at Liam and just say, but why? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, you can just go do it. It's fine. I'll take care of Dad. <laughs> and then Dad really doesn't care, probably. Like you said, he's probably no. just like, I got to throw some no's out there every once in a while so they know who's the fucking boss. Yeah, absolutely. Ah. Sarah, you are amazing. And I'm so glad you called in. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was You're a fun welcome. conversation. And it wasn't it was. as scary Thank you as for you thought. Me. Oh, yeah, of course. You were the no, one. That, no, no, no. I knew I wanted to have you on because I was like, if somebody's <laughs> going to be honest about how they feel about their kids, I know it's going to be Sarah. So thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome so much. It was fun. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay, guys, um, John and Sarah are here with me. Well, not here with me, but they're on the phone. Hey, guys, thank you for calling in. I really appreciate it. Hey, Joe. Thank you. Um, don't sound too excited, John. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You're like, hey. Um, first of all, I want to let everyone know this Sarah that I have on the show right now is the incredibly talented musician, Sarah, who created the theme music to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe. So, Sarah, thank you so much for that also. Oh, well, thank you for the compliment. I l- glad to be here. Oh, my God. I love it. It's It always puts, like, I always listen to it right before I start recording. It just gets me into the whole, entire vibe and mood of my podcast. You just hit it perfectly. So thank you for that. Sure. Thank you. But um, call me, everybody. Yeah, call Sarah, everyone. Her information will be available at um, on the description of this podcast again. But the reason I had you guys call in is because you have children, and I want to really understand what it's like for parents at home right now, um, with school canceled indefinitely, and what's it like going? What's going on in your house? Uh, do you want to start, John? <laughs> you go. <laughs> Um, well, it's, it's evolving, which is interesting. I mean, it started out as, you know, what, what's going to happen, you know, with the, the school and checking their website every day. And then, um, you know, getting those phone calls, the robocalls from the school saying, you know, school's going to be out until first it was a date in April and then now it's May 15th. And, um, at first it was kind of hard getting the kids to, to be at home, which is where they from school, their school day, and the work that, you know, it's where they, they put, they separate themselves from that and they're free. So now they have to do that work at home and they have to buckle down for hours at a time. But it has 
actually they've fallen into it pretty quickly, and it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I had a rocky start. I was I was a little worried that it would go on with tears through the whole time, but they've they've adjusted pretty well. Now, do you expect them to actually go back to school this school season, or are you guys come to the conclusion of no, it's probably not going to be until like August or September when they go back? If then, yeah, I, I think it'll probably they'll be out for the rest of the year. I do. I do, and and you know how schools are. Everything is about testing, and they have a they've already missed the middle of the year test, and then they have the end of the year test that decides whether they're going to be promoted to the next grade or if they're going to be. And we have no idea what's going to happen with any of that. All that's just you know in suspension right now. Do you expect that the schools are trying to figure out what to do because they've never? Um, had a situation like this either. So they're probably like, well, you know, our kid's going to graduate. Are they going to be promoted to the next grade? That's a big question. You know, I haven't even thought about graduating, like seniors graduating. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for them. Like at least with our kids, they've got, they're, they're in upper elementary. So they, there's, there's years that they could probably, you know, adjust things. But oh man, I hadn't thought about graduating seniors. Yeah. yeah. And they graduate from, and I mean, some some districts oh. are, are giving the option to let their kids just repeat the grade. And I, I don't know if they're here in North Carolina, but I've heard in other states. We haven't heard any news like that. So, well, if if, the, if school starts in August or September, and it went out in like the end of March. That's only like two more months of this. Why would they want them to repeat the entire year for only missing like two months? That's a good point. I haven't really thought about it. I'd be, I'd but, be yeah. fighting that one. I'd be like, no. So did you have to start a routine? Do the kids get up in the morning at the same time they did when they were in school? or And like, how do you say, okay, this is the time for now that you're doing your homework? Like, how does that come together? Ours are a little older. So they get up uh, whenever they wake up, which is earlier than us make their own breakfast and I, you know, I, I'm typically one of the first ones up. So I give them you know, a little bit of time to have a morning and have the breakfast and then I'll get them started on their work. And then I go and do my work and then Sarah gets up a little bit after me and then she'll continue on with, with them. Um, Cause I'm the so musician night owl. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's okay. They don't start exactly when school starts. They kind of compress. Um, I think, you know, for, for me, I think the hardest thing is just the interruptions. Even if I'm not the one, you know, helping them when, when, when Sarah's doing it, I still hear them and I, my mind just kind of listens to what they're saying and I think about it. So instead of working on software, I'm working on, I'm thinking about the revolutionary wars and like that. Right. <laughs> it's like everybody's lives have so, just yeah, merged under your own roof. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. We're all, that, that is so true. I mean, and I used to spend time in the daytime working on, on my music and now I, I don't do that because I need to be overseeing the education. And I mean, I gotta say the, the teachers have done a great job in deploying assignments and using, uh, Google, Google tools like Google classroom and that kind of thing so that we can, you know, get, download the work, have the kids complete it and then upload it back. So, um, 
you know, so that's kind of streamlined everything. It took a, a couple weeks for that to, you know, to, to, for that to fall into place. But yeah, they're, uh, yeah, it's a, John's right down the hall trying to focus on his work for his job and it's changed things. Now, yeah. I, I, I didn't realize that it was so organized through the school. I kind of thought the teachers in the school were like, school's closed, figure it out. But no, they're nope. actually still teaching and still having classroom time. It's just now virtual. It's virtual and, and they'll meet up. I'm sorry. Yeah. What were you take on? No, some of them have a, like a virtual classroom meeting. Okay. Not, not all of them, but, but they do continually but, seem to give assignments. Wouldn't you say, Karen? They're, they're continually giving assignments and then about once a week, once or twice a week, they're doing Zoom classrooms, so you know the kids or yeah, so the kids can get online and see their teachers' faces, and it's kind of funny too because you're seeing all the kids' pets. Oh, right. <laughs> that's so interesting. They're like, look at my hamster. Yeah, and so and then it was kind of sweet. One of uh, our daughter's teacher read the book that they'd been reading in class. He just picked up and read the next couple of chapters to them, and and then had the discussion. It was kind of neat to kind of oversee that and the biggest thing i noticed that I, I feel really sorry for the teachers who teach like you know uh, chorus or art you know music because what do they do like some uh my, you know our, our son's chorus teacher had put something in google classroom and you can't really easily conduct a chorus over zoom you know there's no, oh yeah and, like, what do they, you know and even with art i mean i guess you could you know, have them follow along but PE, things like that. So not every teacher can really use this way. I, I never really thought about that before. Well, it's, we it's, didn't think we need to think of it. Right. It's like homeschooling. You know, I've heard stories of where, like, say you live far out and you homeschool, but everyone on your street homeschools, and then you kind of create your your own basically school just with your friends and your kids and stuff. So this is kind of like the next level of homeschooling where your kids are learning from home, but it's by a professional teacher that would be in a classroom. It's like online classes you, for elementary school. <laughs> right. And you, and you wonder how, how it compares to what they would be doing if they were at the school. You know, that's always, because one thing that, yeah, I've I've always thought all these years. It's like, what are they even doing all day long? I have no idea. I don't see the assignments because everything's changed. Like bringing home textbooks anymore. Their textbook, textbooks pretty much don't exist anymore. Everything's online and in in the classroom. So we have no idea what they learn. So and so now that we're seeing what's being deployed, we're wondering how how does this compare with the volume of work? Our son, I asked him, you know, how you know are you doing more work at home than you do at school? And he said that he does more work at school. So hard to know how this compares. Oh, so he says he does more work at school. Now, how are your kids, because they're upper elementary, how are they dealing with the social aspect of not seeing their friends every day? Well, our, our son kind of had a tough year with getting, you know, some of the kids picking on him. So he actually seems more chill. Interesting. He seems actually happier. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he even misses some of the kids where he wasn't saying that kind of thing before. And then our daughter's always kind of sort of like, she's very artistic. And so, um, she kind of keeps to herself. Like she's very imaginative. So I don't even know how much, 
I mean, she does, she, she's happy to see some of the kids at school, but I think she's kind of in her own world wherever she is. So, yeah, you know. They're, they're resilient. They, I, I mean, I, I think they handle a little bit better than I do, <laughs> personally. You know, being, when I was a kid, I was a Navy brat, and we'd get moved around a lot. And, and so we'd be stuck, like, living in a trailer for a month or a hotel for a month when the Navy put us in a new city. And, and I remember my parents thinking, like, oh, this is so hard on the kids. But we were having the time of our lives. So I think the, the kids are just kind of like, I think kids are just kind of like that. Like, whatever comes to you, you know, you just, you just go with that. That that's actually a great point because what you you're basically saying is the parents are probably having a hard time, so they project like, oh, the kids must be having a hard time too. Because if I'm having a hard time with this, and I'm an adult who functions in society at my level, then these little kids must be really going through a difficult time. And in reality, they're just like, no, I'm good, <laughs> I'm good, no, I'm cool. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I'm not. Worried well, yeah, because there's actually fewer hours in the day that they're actually having to focus on school since, you know, they don't have to, there's not the commute and all the, you know, going, the transferring from one class to the next and all that stuff is cut out. So they're getting everything done faster and it seems like they have more time to themselves. Do they understand what's going on and why this is all happening? Like how much do you, information do you give them? I think they do. I, I mean, we'll have the news on, while they're in the room, I mean, not not all day, but we'll just check in on the evening news just to see what the report is. And they're in the room sometimes, but they hear some of it. But I don't know if they, I know they know something's up, something's odd and strange, but I don't know if they really know the full impact of it and, and what it means for the world. Right. They just know it affects their lives because, you know, kids are kind of self-centered. Do they, they hear these numbers, you know, They'll, they'll, you know, when we're saying like, oh, it's topped a hundred thousand or whatever, and I, I'm not sure that they can really, really conceptualize that. Yeah. Do they ask? Yeah, that may. Well, yeah, they probably can't. They just hear that number, and it's probably just too big for them to even process. Do they ask you, mm -hmm. um, when is this going to be over? When am I going to be able? To, when when can we go up, go do things, or go to the restaurants and stuff like that? Do they ask that? They yes. haven't in the last week, right? I mean, yes, I, I wanted, he wanted McDonald's, and he he said, oh. "Why why can't we get McDonald's?" I said, "Well, we can't because you know the virus thing." But he's like, "But people, they're doing takeout. People are doing takeout." <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> explain to him like it's probably best to not eat that right now. So at the beginning, they were as it went. You know, when when this all first. You know, when they, they found out they weren't going to be going to school and, you know, that we weren't going to be going to restaurants and things. They, I remember Haley breaking down, crying, like, I hate this virus. But it seems like they've just kind of gotten used to it. Like, this is the new normal. Yeah, it's, the, it, it's you know, I hate saying that. I hate saying this is the new normal because I expect sure. that when it's over... And when it's over, we'll bounce back a little bit, but you're right. I think it, it, we probably won't be the same as we were before, just like before nine 11 and after a nine 11, you know, so much changed after like 9 airport, but like airports. So would, yeah. yeah. What do you guys do? You know, we've talked about the kids and, you know, they're, they're doing their classroom work and everything else is pretty much the same for them. You know, they're still doing the same routines. How is it for you guys 
having them home all the time? And what do you do when you're like, I need a break? Oh, I haven't really felt that much. I, I, I haven't, but see, I'm one of those weird moms that love summer vacation. I love when they're home. So I think it's harder for John because he big, like John senior, because he, he's used to going out. He, he loves going to work. He loves being out in the city and, you know, coming home. And so this, I think it's, it's, it's hard for him. Yeah, you know, it, it is. And, because you know, too, ours are old. different. And our, since ours are older, you know, they like, they like to play in their rooms or they'll play on their video game devices. And it's a, that kind of actually gives us a little private time, even though they're in the room with us. They're not necessarily just badgering us for, for things and trying to get our attention. Like if they were three years old or, you know, young like that. So it's not, it hasn't been too bad. And And how old are your children again? 10 and 11, 10 and 11, 10 10 and 11. So that's, that is a really good age for them to be more independent. Like I'm good. I can play by myself. You, you know, just let me be, just tell me when it's dinner time and I'm fine. The thing that we've had is like, sometimes we just realize that we've got major cabin fever and we haven't gone outside. And fortunately it's starting to be really nice out. So we, we, um, our, our mental therapy is to just go for long walks. That's really helpful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sometimes even drive. Now, yeah, and sometimes a drive. John, you're driving love, around, kind of seeing the world. Right, and you see that it, that there's not a lot of people outside. That it's slowed down. Now, you guys live around the corner from John's mom. Are you guys keeping your distance from her, or is she part of your group? Where all right, you can come in. You're safe. You're not a stranger. She is in our group, and actually, she is being a retired elementary teacher. Has been teaching Haley. Oh, that's awesome! Um, so she's in our group, and we have dinners together. But this is the weird thing. Um, I, I've she had been planning to have a friend come over to drop off some some stuff. I think they're making masks, and oh. and I felt really weird, kind of putting you know, like sort of. Um, I felt kind of controlling because I said, this person's coming over because I felt really nervous. Like, if you have a person coming over, I feel like I should have some kind of say in that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know what the, how this person's been behaving, if they've been following sheltering in place, right. you know, guidelines. And so I had said something like, well, if our daughter's going to be going over to your house and we're going to be going over to your house, I feel uncomfortable with that. Where I would normally feel like, that's none of my business to say, like, who can come over to her house? And in the end, she... You know, it, it, she wasn't, it wasn't like a, an argument or anything. It was just something I, I wouldn't have normally spoken up, but I did in that case. And, and uh, you know, and she, so in the end, she decided to not meet up with that yeah. person. But yeah, so yeah. that's kind of how this is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know what? And that actually makes sense. And I can understand where you're coming from, Sarah, because if I know somebody, you know, sure, I know person A doesn't go anywhere and doesn't do anything. And the person a comes to my house, but if person a is hanging out with person C, well, I don't know who person C is and what's person C doing when they're not at your house. Exactly. Right. So I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense to me, especially if your kid is going over there. Um, but that sounds perfect that your um, that their grandma is a retired elementary school teacher. 
Like that's perfect. Oh, it's really, and it helps her. It's so good for her because now she feels cut off from the world. And so now she's got company every day and she's, you know, our daughter's getting one-on-one with an excellent retired, um, experienced teacher. So she might end up doing better because of this than she would have if she were in the classroom, you know, sort of. What are you guys doing to make life easier for yourselves during this pandemic that's taking over the world? I like to be dramatic when Mm. I speak. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? It's like, holy crap. Go overboard with this. It's kind of hyperbole without our help. I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we play lots of Fortnite. We watch, you know, we binge shows at night like Ozark, Better Call Saul, Outlander, of course. And um, yeah, lots of Fortnite. And you guys, you guys oh, do all this without drinking because you guys don't drink. Is that right. cr- yeah? We don't we don't drink. That's I can't even imagine if I couldn't crack open a bottle of wine. <laughs> so right there, you guys are already like better human beings than me <laughs> because I'm like, oh no, I'm under I, I'm under the wine influence. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've had I've had days where just the state of the world and having to live like this has really gotten to me. You know, just today, you know, I, like I work in you know, kind of a downtown area and I was logged into the work network and it, I brought up Google Maps and it thought I was there and it brought in the, the downtown area and I just kind of got really sad because I just saw the, my, you know, my old life <laughs> there, you know, on that map, so the places that I would go, the parking garage, even where I just parked my car to walk to work. It's just, I miss stupid stuff like that. It's my routine. That used to define you know part of my day and, and seeing your coworkers. Uh, yeah, I miss my coworkers. I, I miss uh, you know having someplace different to go and, and to be. And, and other, you know, and oddly enough, some days are really good. Like yesterday was a really nice day. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful day outside. And I don't know. I just have more patience than normal. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's depressing seeing all this stuff go on. Well, and the unknown is scary too. And you know, you, you, every day you have this routine of getting up, you go to work, you see your coworkers, you're social, you're social. Then you come home and you see your wife and your kids. And it's just, it's just the perfect experience of working and being home. And, and now it's all discombobulated and it's frightening, scary. So it makes sense. Yeah, you don't have any balance, and you know your life was balanced before in terms of the time you spent away from home, and you know with everybody and all different types of people, and that, that's just gone. It's just all about one thing now. I wonder how many people are getting made up and doing their hair and getting clothes on, even though they're going nowhere, just because just to feel some connection to their normal lives. I think a lot of people are doing that. I've been seeing that. I, that's actually the next question I was going to ask was, do you guys, are you guys doing that? Do you get up in the morning, put on your clothes like you would be going to the office? The kids get dressed like they're going to school um, just to keep yeah. some level of, all right, I, I can't wear sweatpants every day. Yeah, I, may, I make them get dressed and, uh, you know, they want to stay in their pajamas all day if I didn't. But I, uh, I, I want them to, have a routine as much as we can. Well, yeah, because I need to really do 
do more like that, though. I need to go and maybe put on some makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, I'm going to stay in my pajamas, but I'm going to put on some makeup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, no, <laughs> it's actually really good psychologically for you because um, even if you're not going somewhere, if you get dressed like you are, I think it makes you feel a little bit better and more in control because that's what we're all, or at least I know that's something that I'm, um, you know, fighting with is the idea that I don't have any control over life right now. And we kind of don't because we're staying right. in our houses and there's, so anything that can help you feel like you have some control over what's going on, I think will help you mentally. Um, so if that takes, mm -hmm. if that's like getting dressed or all right, at one o'clock, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go for a walk. I don't care. You know, that way you have a little bit of, um, control. And I think that really helps. You know what I wonder about too is, and I think I saw a funny Anna Kendrick tweet about this today, but like, you know how people always think like, oh, you know what I would do if I just had the time? I wonder how much of that's actually getting done. Like people are doing those things, learning how to, you know, learning a new skill or a musical instrument or, you know, cleaning out the garage. I wonder how much people are actually doing the things that they said they would do if they had all the time in the world. That's such a great question. That's such a great question. I know that it takes a lot for me to just get off the sofa. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's a lot like for me to say, Oh, I should turn. I don't even want to get up. Like some days I just don't want to even move. So I'm probably one of those people that was like, Oh my God, if I had all this time, I would do so much and I have barely done anything. So. What would you do? What would you do if you had, if you were really doing, like, you know, if there's, what, what's the thing, Joe, that you would have said I would do if I had time? Oh, something for me, just something, um, yeah. for me, I would love to paint. Um, I've, I've had this oh. interest in painting. Um, I keep saying, oh, I, I would like to do that. I would like to paint. Every time I go to Michael's, I walk by the paint section and I kind of browse it all. And I, I look at the different kind of paints, but then I leave empty handed because I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend $200 on paints and then not like it, you know? So, but yeah, th that's something I would like to do. I'd like to practice a language, but I'm too lazy. So yeah, no, <laughs> I'm definitely lazy. Well, thank you guys for coming on and chatting with me for a little bit. I just wanted to know what it's what's going on in your house. And it sounds like you guys have everything under control or the kids seem to be doing fine. John's having probably the most problem. It, <laughs> yeah, it's the hardest funny. for him. I think yeah. his life has been the one that's been just disrupted the most. And and you know, like I'm I'm I teach adult high school at a community college and so obviously I'm I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I'm not the, the major breadwinner in the house. So John's obligated, you know, he's got a, and I, I, my heart just goes out to my husband. It's, you know, the kids, the kids are adapting pretty well, but this is really hard for, for John over there because of having to work from home, not being able to have the meetings in person that, you know, sort of keep the, the, the job move, you know, like the projects at work flowing and stuff. It's just hard. And so that that's uh, maybe a maybe one of your future shows will will have some of that um, more people and how they're affected like right. that in the workplace. Well, John, oh, you... your industry. Oh my God, the airlines. Oh, I I can't even talk about it. I'm. It's 
it, only bad things are coming. So for the airline industry, so we'll see what happens. But John, what? So if you're the one having the hardest time with this new adjustment under your roof, what are you doing to like, if you start feeling sad about something, what are you doing to snap yourself out of it? Just trying to find the next distraction. Um, and that's hard because, you know, when you're here at the house, it's, you've kind of gone through the whole gamut of all that's available to you and you run out. <laughs> um, a lot of walks, try to sit outside in the rocking chairs, get fresh air, change my scenery. I'm reading a, a, a book right now uh, where the crawdads sing. Oh my God, that book is so good. Uh, it is a really good book. And it's great because when I do read it, I'll, you know, I'll stop for a second. I'll be like, Oh yeah, all this crap going on right now. You know, it really takes me away. And <laughs> so it, the things, the distractions like that are great. And, um, but like I said, Sundays are, are better than others and you don't need as many distractions. You're doing fine. And other days you really yearn for something new that, you know, just a new distraction. Well, you know what? I, I, I think that's a distractions are good. I read a lot and I think that it's important that, that you actually know it's happening so that you can stop yourself and distract yourself like so that you don't get too sad. So it's good that you're like, Oh, I'm feeling kind of bad about this situation. Let me do something to make myself feel better. So that's really good. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Well, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I really wanted to know what's going on in people's homes with their kids. Cause in my mind, I'm like, do people, are, are people like, Oh my God, why did I have kids? Cause one day there'd be a virus and they're stuck at home with me. So I was curious about that, but, <laughs> but it, I know your kids personally and I know they're pretty damn amazing. So I'm not shocked that they've handled this situation probably better than most adults. <laughs> Me included. Yeah. With oh, their dad included. Well, your son's vocabulary is better than mine. So I'm afraid to have a conversation with them because I'm like, I can't let this 11 year old make me feel stupid. <laughs> which it can happen because I've been in the car with him and he's talking about different phases of the moon and I'm trying to drive and pull up Google so I can be like, yeah, that's right. Crescent. Sure. They're not just rolls. So I get it. <laughs> Your kids are amazing. Um, Sarah, please let everyone know where they can find you um, regarding your music because you're so talented and I don't want to miss this opportunity for you to let people know where they can find you and hire you if they need music made. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Um, you can go on to SoundCloud and look for Music Mama Sarah with Sarah with an H, Music Mama Sarah. And there's some stuff on there and I keep adding to it as time goes because I have all the time. I keep adding to it. Now, can people reach you yeah. on there if they wanted to email you or is, I, I don't know SoundCloud that well. Can they contact you via SoundCloud? Um, I think I know they can leave a comment. Okay. Um, I'll have to work on that and then I will maybe post something. I'll post something there. Okay, perfect. To give people the opportunity to do that. That's, thank you for saying that, Joe. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you can, if you can make music for other podcasters or whatnot, that would be fantastic because I really love what you did for Grounded. So thank you, thank you guys so much, and sure. I will talk to you soon. Okay, you stay safe and stay home. Yes, I am not leaving the house except if uh, if it's for a walk. I promise or Target. All right, guys, yeah. take care. 
Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, yeah, so we're recording. So you can say whatever you want. You can curse. You can say okay. fuck. You can really be as honest as you want because I think sometimes people um, – oh, let me make sure that I have um, – do not disturb on my phone. Um, many people come onto a podcast and they try to be somebody they're not because they think, oh, this is what the world wants to hear. But no, no, people actually want you to be completely honest because that's what they relate to. So if you're like, my kid's an mm -hmm. asshole, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I can relate to that. So, yeah, please be yourself. But um, hi, Kendra. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> thank thanks, you. Joe. Well, thank you for happy um, to be here. Thank you for taking time off because I know you're very busy. I know you have a lot going on. So thank you for um, entertaining me for a little bit and just talking about what it's like because you and your husband have an only child. And I want to know what it's like for an only child to be at home and not being able to really see their friends. How is that going on in your house? Oh my God, it sucks so bad. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Adam and I literally were like, I'm so sorry we didn't have another kid. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it is a constant stream of needing attention. It's a constant stream of what are we doing next? It's a constant stream of, okay, but is this going to, are you going to do something better than this? And thank God that we have Amy and her family who are closest friends with us or so close as locally and besties friends um, and they have kids of similar ages. If they did not social distance with us, we would, we would all end up in an asylum. I guarantee it. So you have another family that's close to you guys um, that you guys are all kind of socially distancing together. So you guys can interact together. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So from the very beginning, we've, pretty much only interacted with my best friend, Amy, her husband, Casey, her daughter, Addison, her son, Hudson, and then the three of us. And that's pretty much been it. Um, I have lots of opinions about that issue, but whatever. Uh, it's, uh, that's, we've pretty much kept it just our core elements. And I shit you not from the moment that Zoe wakes up, she says, when am I going to see Addison today? When am I going to see Hudson today? It is nonstop. And if she didn't have that in her life, I don't even know how our days would go because there's been days that we have not seen them and it's just been oh man it's been such a nightmare <laughs> it's really just been a nightmare no. so trying to entertain this kid oh go ahead no no go ahead no please so trying to entertain this kid who is super go 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 and super let's go do this next thing and let's go do this next thing has been mentally and physically exhausting Thing. I don't think I've ever been this tired in my entire life, even when she was just born. Born, sorry. Well, my question is, what is different now than over the summer? Because, you know, I, I get all this feedback from people and it's almost like they've never met their kid before. Like I'm reading these things like, Oh my God, please. And I'm, and I'm, and being the guy with no kids, I'm like, but you know, your kid, you see your kid, you spend all summer with them. What is so different right now? Well, you also have to remember that this is really going to be Zoe. Well, I don't know if I can say her name. Zoe's uh, first 
summer. So she was in preschool before, and um, I stayed at home with her from the time she was born. So this is her technical first through, quote, summer from school. Uh, so it's going to be, this is all, every single thing that we're doing every day is absolutely new to us. This is basically going to be what I expected from summertime, only about 20,000 times longer than that. I mean, of course, when it was supposed to be summertime, we had all these things lined up like circus camp and swim camp and all these fun things for her to do. And now we can't do that. So it's not so much for me that I'm getting to know my kid because I know who she is and I know her super conniving ways. Um, but it's just that uh, a steady stream of inundation of that, which is an interesting experience because we've always had breaks before through school and preschool and all that good jazz. What do you guys do when you need a break? I'm very, I'm very interested in like, cause I know if I was a parent, I would be like, and this is why I'm not, I would be like, if you don't leave me alone for five minutes, you're never going to see the sun again. So those are your options. Yeah. You can either <laughs> leave me alone for a minute or you're never going to go outside again, or I'm just going to let you live outside. Like, I don't know how you guys do it. Um, I drink. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've, I've interviewed three different parents for this podcast and one of them doesn't one, they do not drink. I don't know how they're even managing in life dealing oh my with God, this, I can't even imagine. but the other mother, she's like, Oh yeah, I just go through two bottles of wine and I'm good. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty, yeah. That sounds very, um, I tell you what, some things that are going to come out of this quarantine are going to be liver failure and obesity and many babies. That's what we're going to see from all this. So yeah, that's how I cope. Um, but also we run in the morning, like we'll take turns running the dog or whatever and take turns exercising. And I think the key for us, the only reason why we're, why we're still surviving at this point is because we do make space at night to just like chill out, zone out and just don't even function. Like even if it means separating rooms and just having your own space, after the kid is in bed, it just has to happen or it, things are going to get really, really ugly. <laughs> now, are you the kind of parent, because I would be like this, and there's no judgment, but are you the kind of parent that looks at the clock and goes, oh my God, thank God, bedtime's in two hours? Because I think I would be like that. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. I can't, I, I oh my imagine. God, from noon onward? Noon. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> noon. It's like, oh my God, after lunch, I'm ready to put her to bed. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, uh, yeah. I mean, we count down the times. We really do. The only reason we're getting through this is because we have been socializing with the other, with our Amy's family, and because we drink. <laughs> but that's good that, um, but that's good that you have this other family that you could hang out with. At what point? when this was all starting to happen or did, or did it just fall into place where you had a conversation and said, Hey, listen, we all need to try to not be around other people so that we can be around each other. I mean, we never truly had that conversation at first when this all started, which was early or mid March, it was just kind of like, okay, we're going to keep to this certain group, our core group, our core element of people that we see all the time in Sarasota. And then we kind of, I don't even think we communicated about it. I think it just happens that we just said, okay, we're just hanging out with this family and that's it. That's the end. 
and some other friends of mine who was part of our core element, they have decided to literally distance themselves from everyone. So it's just my friend and her two kids for the next foreseeable future, which I don't think I honestly, I I don't think I could survive that. I don't think I could. You don't think you could survive what? Just the isolation of just, it's just me. It's just my husband and it's just my kid. I don't, I don't think I could survive that. I really don't because while I consider myself not really a social person, well, I mean, I consider myself a social butterfly, but I'm also pretty introverted and I really need my space. I, you need that social connection. And I, this is like, this, this is rough. <laughs> this is really rough. Not being able to talk to your friends, not be able to go to the gym, not be able to, you know, just go to the store and say hi to people and give them a hug if you know that. It's just, it's really hard for, it's really hard for me, probably more so than Adam. Right. Well, I, I know you guys and I, I think of you guys as being social people. You're always on the go. You're always doing something. You're always seeing other people. And so is your kid. She's involved in, you know, different dance classes and school functions. And, you know, the day that this episode is being recorded is if correct me, if I'm wrong, it's supposed to be like daughter, daddy dance night. It's supposed to be tonight. Right. So oh, it's so sad. I it was know, going to be her first. <laughs> I know. So like, there's all this stuff that's happening. And as adults, we can manage it. We met cause you know, we've gone through so much shit already in our lives that it's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is just another thing added to the, the list of shit that happens during your lifetime. But when you're six years old, you don't know what the fuck's going on. So what does she think's going on and what have you guys told her? Well, I mean, we've talked to her about the coronavirus and how it's the reason why we're staying inside and not going to school and not doing dance class and going out a whole lot. And she seems to actually be really accepting of it, just like she was really accepting about homeschooling, which was better than expected. Um, I really think the kids are more adaptable when it comes to situations like this. And one good thing I think is going to come out of this is that maybe on the weekends when life is normal again, they can actually sit home one day instead of having to go, go, go. I don't, I don't really know how that's going to play out, but I think this is kind of like an eye opener for her because I constantly am driving her somewhere and doing something and stimulating her brain in some way. Uh, and this might be a, a bit of a different experience for her. That's going to be a hard life lesson, if you will. Yeah. I mean, when, when you're so used to always being on the go and now you're forced not to, you can actually start thinking like, well, do I really need to go do something? Like maybe I could just exactly. chill out for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. I'm never at this point. I'm just, I'm not having any expectations anymore. When I went into this thing, when I first got back from vacation and this was all happening, I was Joe, I was terrified. I was like terrified to my core. Uh, I was, I mean, I was like, I lost sleep over this. And I was constantly thinking about what am I going to do? How is this going to happen? How is this going to play out? How are we going to survive our marriage? How are we going to survive parenting? And then you do it to, you know, two weeks and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, okay, this is the new normal. So things are a little calmed down now, a little less dramatic and a little less fevered emotions. And I'm not going to lie. I had some pretty ugly moments 
of which there were tears and there was, was storming out and taking a walk around the block. But we kind of, I don't know, simmered down, I guess, a little bit, just trying to figure out the new normal and adapt as we can. Were those moments where you stomped out and you were having issues, were those moments caused by the unknown of what's going on or just the idea of, oh my God, how long are we going to be stuck in this house and how long can I entertain my six and a half year old before she drives me absolutely crazy? Well, I mean, I think those two things go hand in hand. They go hand in hand, <laughs> yes, yeah. It was like the terror of, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when this is going to happen. And I don't know if she's going to go back to school. And I don't know if my husband's going to work. And I don't know if I'm going to have any space to myself. And the most important thing you can do to get through this is to make some space for yourself. Make some damn space. Make some space for yourself. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. You, everyone 100%. needs that. Even, even your six-and-a-half-year-old needs a moment to be able to fit, understand what's going on. How... How did you guys set up her curriculum for school? Because she, I, I take it she's still taking classes and still doing work. Yeah, she's a, well, you know, I have a lot of teacher friends, so I kind of have insider information. But uh, her teacher, her kindergarten teacher is just, I mean, she's just amazing. I, you couldn't ask for anything better. And I really feel like Zoe is being robbed of the rest of kindergarten because her teacher is so amazing. Like, this is a huge disservice to her. But her teacher has been pretty open and honest, and the school board has as well. It's really just, they're just doing the basic stuff, trying to maintain the kids. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of progress at this point. We're pretty much just doing what we're told, and I'm trying to take some extra effort and going on Pinterest and looking up homeschooling options and trying to do the best that we can for her. But, I mean, I have no way to assess that. And the teachers are not going to be assessing anyone at this point. So, I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. Who knows? I just don't want her to, you know, dumb down at all. Well, I don't think she'll dumb down. That's not even possible with you and your husband as parents. But (laughs) so are you saying that they're giving them assignments, but there's no way to like grade them or test them? So how does that affect them getting promoted to the next grade. Have you guys been given any of that information? No. Well, all, well, for our class in particular, from what I understand, we were all on level anyway. So obviously we're going to go to the first grade. Okay. And we're just going to stick to our plan. But for other classes that are not as fortunate as having the, you know, the right the student-teacher dynamic, some of those parents are probably going to say, hey, I think my kid needs to be retained this year because we didn't learn all the information we need to know. We're not just ready for it. So I believe that the district has some options, some wiggle room in that. But all of, from what I understand, all of our kindergarten class is probably going to just move up to, kin- to first grade because they are, we're all oh. doing so well anyway. Okay. So they were, yeah, because yeah, there's only, we're like way better than most. Well, there's only like two more months left of the school year, I would think. And if the school year is like a 10 month thing or nine months, they've already gone through most of the school year. I can't imagine two months would say you failed a grade. I mean, I would think, they could. I guess they could. I would be pissed. They could. I mean, <laughs> Oh God, it would be awful. Um, I mean, other kids probably are going to have to retain if they're not doing well enough. Every kid learns differently and every kid's at a different place in their curriculum. And this really threw a wrench in the chain 
as far as education goes, because not one of my biggest fears is that Zoe's going to then accelerate to a class that is in first grade, or second grade, or however long this takes to whittle out. And she's going to be in there with kids who don't have quite as involved parents and they don't, um, you know, they didn't keep up with it. They didn't do the homeschooling. Right. And so is this really going to set an entire population back, an entire subsection of kids back from their schooling? These are all things that you think about as parents. And is it fair to, I mean, it's not fair to judge other parents and kids because everybody's got so much shit going on. I don't understand how single working parents are doing this. I do not fucking understand it. Well, and that, I don't understand how they can have expectations for kids to excel in this. It's just mind boggling to me. That's the thing that um, I was thinking about because, you know, you know, you have those single moms or those single dads or single parents and they're still trying to work and then their kids are at home and, you know, you just don't have that those extra hands to deal with a kid at home. A lot of parents expect like, okay, my kid has to go to school because that's the that's who's looking after them while I'm at work. And right. I saw this article, which broke my heart. It's like some, and you know, when you don't have kids, you don't think of these things, but some kids, the only meal they get, that's a nourished meal uh -huh. is the one they get in uh -huh. school. And now there's no I school. Know. And I'm like, wait, my brain doesn't even think of those things, but I'm like, that's well, sad. It's so, it's, it's devastating. And fortunately, our district has set up meal pickup, so they're still providing school lunches, like, I think, breakfast and lunch and snacks. Oh, really? Um, so you can wow. actually pick them up. Yeah, which is great. I think most districts are doing that. But are the parents going to go pick them up? Who knows? Because they might not be able to, or they might not care to. I mean, there's been, like, a level of, I don't know, dissidence. I don't know if that's the right word or not, as far as the parental involvement in education. And I think we're really going to see that play out in the future here and it might be a wake up call, an unfortunate wake up call, but it's it's definitely going to happen. It's just, I mean, other things that you're thinking about as a parent is you're feeling bad for all of the other kids that are in abusive homes or domestic violence homes because there's all these silent victims that are going to come from this quarantine. Levels of domestic violence are already going up. Um, kids that are in abusive situations, social workers aren't checking on them, and I mean, you know, other assault for the situations there's all kinds of there's so much badness that is coming from this quarantine that i just it's going to blow my mind this is going to change our social structure for decades it really is you know we're going to come out at the end you know i've been telling a lot of friends i have some friends who are you know they have very high levels of anxiety, very high levels of stress. And I try to reach out to them daily and I'm like, everything's going to be fine. You know, we're going to come out of this on the other end. We're going to be okay, but things might not be the way they, they were before. Some things could be bad. Some things could be good, but I, I have to believe everything's going to, it's all going to work out. I mean, that's kind of what happens on the planet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. If you come at this from a biological standpoint, this has been happening since the dawn of time. Things adapt and they alternate and things are different. And it's going to be different, that's for sure. But I'm just, I mean, I feel terrible for the elderly and the immune compromised. But I really think that people are not paying enough attention to the silent victims from this, the people, the kids, and the abusive situations and domestic violence and people that need special needs and it's just 
it's just devastating all around. That's where my heart is. You know, the domestic violence thing actually you you know you just brought that up and i wasn't even thinking about going to that topic but it's really important you know i come from a domestic violent background as a child you know i come from very abusive mm-hmm. parents and i can remember and you know my father was a pedophile so i can remember being in school and my mom having a job and thinking the only way i'm not getting raped today is because i'm in school Right. That's your safe place. That is my safe place. And now it's gone. And I hate to say it, but this was happening in the 70s and 80s. I'm sure it still happens today. So, Oh, God, more so, especially in this freaking area. So, oh, where you live, you think, or just in general? Oh, God, every day. It's like 20 people got arrested for child pornography or sexual assault of an underage minor. It's I don't know what it is about this freaking town. Well, I think it's the state of Florida (laughs) and I'm not attacking Florida, but Florida does have like when people are on the run or when people are like, I got to get out of fucking Maryland or wherever that I don't even know why I said Maryland, but you know, wherever (laughs) people go to Florida, that's where for some reason, Florida just attracts people because they think they can hide. I think. I don't know why, but (laughs) I, um, yeah, you know, there's so many levels to this, you know, people being stuck at home from kids who, you know, oh my God, now I'm at home with my abusive parents. Even why, you know, women, they think, you know, women that are in an abusive relationship, their husband goes to work. That's their time to not be verbally abused, to not be harassed. Now, if the husband's home, you know, there's so many all levels done. of fucked all upness. Done. Yeah, all, it's just crazy. So, oh my God, that makes me so sad. I should be drinking wine. Well, everything right now. about this is sad. <laughs> I am, so you're good. The, you know, there is a positive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should be, but um, I was. I have those. Um, I have those lemonade hard seltzers, which they're good. But whenever I drink those, when I record, I'm burping through the whole thing. It's very, very unprofessional. <laughs> Um, so going back to your, going back to Zoe, how is her, does she get anxious or stressed, um, about being stuck at home and how do you guys, um, manage that? No, surprisingly she doesn't. And it's almost like because her parents are so anxious and stressed, she's taking an opposite approach. Like she's taking a humor and whining approach. (laughs) Did you say whining? (laughs) Yeah. How like, do you deal like, with I'm that? I'm going to whine about it or I'm going to laugh at it. I don't know. Joe, it just depends on the day. Really? Cause I can't handle, yeah. I can't handle whining. You know, I was a pediatric nurse for years and if your kid is sick, I'm right there. I can handle sick kids, but the whining but you thing, can't handle assholes. I don't you get, no, assholes. I can't, I can't handle assholes. And I wrote a chapter in my book called kids are assholes. And I stand by that, but I'll never understand. Maybe you can, like, what is the whining thing? Explain that to me. Why do children whine? I don't know. Why do adults whine? Because it gets <laughs> them attention. <laughs> they just want what they want, right? So when you say no, it's like, yeah. oh, it's, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, look, like it's the, the squeaky wheel gets the, the what's the, the old adage, the squeaky wheel gets most attention or something like that. And it's the same thing with kids. They just want attention. But Zoe's an only child. All she gets is dancing, which is mind-boggling to me. Why she always has wine. 
Well, you know, I was an only child and I can remember, and I don't, tell me if this happens today. When I was an only child, I was around adults a lot. I didn't have a lot of kids. We lived on a very busy street. There was no one to play with. So I was always in the room with all the adults, all the grandmothers and the aunts, and they would be yeah. gossiping. And if I even said anything, they were like, if you speak again, you have to go to your room. The, the, there's no option to that. And I don't know if I see that today in today's society. Can you explain that to me? No. Because I really don't know. No, I think that we've all become so much more aware. Well, through lots and lots and lots of research that we get, that the kids need to be part of the conversation and they need to have their own ideas and thoughts. And I think that we're, Adam and I are pretty good about, you know, letting her have her thoughts and letting her have her conversations and letting her being a part of this world because that's all kids want is just to be a part of this world just like any adult does too i don't know why we expect anything different from kids when you tell an adult to calm down or shut up do they do it no of course no, not that's stupid right. the kids don't want this kids don't want that either and i just think that we've minimized kids previously in years past we have minimized children and their thoughts and their ideas and now i think we're getting a little bit more aware that you know hey kids really need to they need to have their opinions. They need to find their place in this world. And I think, I think we're pretty good about that, but we do have a threshold of tolerance where we just want people to be quiet. I, I think that's, I think that's great. I actually agree mm -hmm. with that. And I, I believe that you're absolutely correct. And back in the seventies and eighties, it was kids are to be seen and not heard. No one cared about what kids had to say. Nobody cared about how you felt. Nobody cared about how I felt when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, true. yeah. It's and, true. And today, you know, I wonder what it would be like for us. I don't know how you were raised or how, how it was, but you know, back in the seventies and eighties, that was pretty much the way parents thought like, no, we're the parent. We don't care what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, my mom was more the exception than she was the rule, and she always let us have our, you know, our thoughts and our opinions, and we got to talk and, you know, express ourselves, and that was wonderful. But I mean, look at the oh god, what was the name of the who was the guy that the guy that did the cry it out thing? Oh my god, in the sixties. The what? I that you broke next. up. The cry it out thing. The cry it out thing. In the 60s, the guy came out with that, let the kids cry it out, let them soothe themselves kind of generation. Oh, where um, you just, in the 60s. where your kid Saber. is screaming. Saber, I don't know. Yeah, and they have to figure it out for themselves. And that whole entire generation, is the, the boomers now, and they can't freaking soothe themselves <laughs> because nobody ever helps them right. guide themselves emotionally. Whatever, we're getting into psychological shit that's not. No, I love that stuff, though. But but yeah, no, I think that it's important that you share with your kids what's going on and how, so they, you know, they're not going to understand that there's a world pandemic and people are dying, but if they can understand like something bad's going on, you know, is there anything I can do? What am I, what's going on? I think that's important. I think you, you're on the right path of sharing that with your kid. Yeah, I think so. We're pretty honest with her. I think it's, you know, with a filter. Please. Yeah. No, filter. Uh, no swearing, <laughs> but, um, let's go back. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, trust me. If I had a kid, the, well, the first word I said was fuck when I was a kid. So you know what my mom's talked about, but let's go back a moment because you, 
right when the episode, right when we first started talking, you said, oh my God, if I could go back and have a second kid, is that like a joke that you guys have going on? Or was that like a really serious thought? Like, wow, she really needs someone to play with because we're exhausted. No, she really does. Zoe is such a social kid. She just loves interacting with other kids. And yeah, I mean, it's a joke now because that ship has sailed, but in retrospect, probably wouldn't have been a bad idea for many reasons, but the, I mean, it is what it is, but she's just such a social kid. That's why I pulled out of I was like, if, if, if we Addie and Huddy get taken away, I'm like, I'm done. Just put me in the silence. No more. We <laughs> well, can't do this. We can't do it. Well, she needs that. And kids are social. And you know, she was in, she was in like um, pre-K for a while and now she's in kindergarten. And now is when they're really starting to develop and I have friends and I understand the idea of friends. And now it's like, okay, you can't go to school and you can't see your friends. And that's probably very overwhelming for a kid. Oh my God. It's so overwhelming. It is so overwhelming. They don't understand what overwhelming means, but they know like, Hey, I want to see my friends and I can't, and it just really sucks. So I'm going to be mad about this. So, I mean, that's, you know, the most basic level of emotions you can get. I can't fault them for it. They feel how they feel. Well, yeah, because they're going through this too. And, you know, they might not remember, she might not remember all the details of everything that's going on, but in like 30 years, she'll be like, oh yeah, I remember when I was in kindergarten and the world almost ended. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be transformative. Let me tell you what, it's going to be so transformative. I mean, there's actually some positives that are coming out of this. Number one, we can stay in the house for a day and know that we're going to be okay because we've done it for what, 19 days so far, 16 days so far, and we're going to have to do it for probably another 30, maybe even more than that. Um, but we're also spending a lot more time outside and forcing walks. And we always said we wanted Zoe to ride a bike and we hadn't pushed the issue until now. And now she's riding her bike and, you know, doing things with her friends. We're going out on the boat. I honestly know if we're allowed to do that anymore, but we're getting outside more, getting away from technology and the structure that she's known and, leaving our comfort zone. So that's pretty awesome. We are getting, I mean, I guess when Adam says he's getting to know his kid, he's probably not, he might not be, he might be joking and saying, you know, Oh my God, it's like, I don't even know my job anymore, but we're actually really starting to get to know her. So that's kind of awesome. doesn't make it any less frustrating because we're all fucking bored all the time, but it's, it's interesting. And I think that's a positive from it. We are actually spending quality time together and that's a bonus, right? Oh yeah, that's totally about it. There's, you know, I hate to say it because there's people out there, their lives are probably crumbling because a lot of people, you know, restaurant workers, there's so many people that are out of jobs right now, but there oh, are, terrible. All, it's terrible. There are always positives out of every situation. I mean, I'm one of those people that I believe, you know, say a loved one dies, say somebody has cancer and they die. The positive out of that is they're not in pain anymore. Like you can, you can mm -hmm. literally almost make a positive out of anything. And there are a lot of positives, just like what you said, you know, families are spending time. They're going outside. You're not the only one who I know who's like, I'm we're outside with the kids all day that, and that doesn't happen a lot because people are so busy. Yeah. So busy. Um, so I think that's a good thing. And I also, now that people are like Venice in Venice, like in Venice, the rivers are running clear because the people are home. Yeah. Smog in China is, is, is going down because there's not people on the roads. It's like, 
you know, hell, if anything, we're giving the earth a moment to, to breathe. Absolutely. That is 100% right. I mean, just look in our area alone. We, it's shorebird nesting season. Shorebirds are going to be going crazy this year. I mean, people don't normally care about shorebirds, but I do. Um, and their population numbers are going to go up. The sea turtle disorientation, because all the lights from the hotels are going to be off, that's going to be way down. I mean, um, what else? Oh, there's no cruise ships, so less whales are going to get hit on their migratory routes, routes, however you want to say that. Um, all kinds of good things are environmentally coming from this. And I kind of hope it gives people a greater perspective as to what this world really is. We have to stop beating the shit out of this planet and maybe just enjoy nature a little bit more and take it all in and, you know, and do something to protect it. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. That might just be too, too profound for the rest of the world, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm hoping I'm, I'm right there on the same page with you. And I'm hoping that they'll there people who might not think that humans have an impact on the planet will actually take a moment and say, Oh yeah. Oh, maybe that's what they've been talking about. Yeah. And I mean, so it look at it, everything has a trickle down effect. So let's say that this whole quarantine thing goes through June, which unfortunately seems like it might actually happen. Um, sea turtles nest and they produce a whole bunch more nests because there's no lights on the beach and nobody there to bother them and run them off the beaches. And so they have more eggs and then hopefully their egg, their hatchlings have less disorientation rates because there's no lights on the beaches when they hatch out and then the population numbers go way, way up. And this could, I might be wine induced transient here, uh, tangent here, but that it's just, this could have a lot of really good potential for the environment, but I don't think that's the point through all this, but whatever. Well, now that you're on turtles, isn't it true that like if a, a hundred of them crawl into the ocean, probably only like three are going to make it. No, it's one out of a thousand. Oh my God. One out of a thousand. Yeah. One out of a thousand. Don't they swim to, yeah. they jump in the water and then they swim to the seaweed, right? And then they kind of hide out for a while if they can make it that far. Yeah. Yeah. That's the current thinking. Mm -hmm. They have like a 24 hour swim period where they just swim, 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 swim. And then they'll just float around. Hopefully not get eaten. I remember once I was in Sarasota, Florida camping and I happened to be on the beach and they were releasing turtles into the ocean and it was so emotional it was just it was almost like oh my god let's give the planet back to the animals because we don't deserve it yeah <laughs> unfortunately not everyone thinks that way no, they don't they don't they don't sometimes i get my 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 husband gets mad at me because i'll say something crazy like yeah that meteor just needs to come and take us out because we failed we have failed you know maybe the next level of you know, intelligent beings will do better, but we have not, we've failed, but hopefully this will change some minds and shit. I don't know. I think it might uh, create a, a different perspective for people. They're going to definitely see the outside as much more of an option than they did before. We'll see. Which will make a know, great, something. it'll make a great future for your child. And that's what we were talking about is children and how much we love them, but they're assholes. Yeah. <laughs>
thank you so much, Kendra, for calling in. I really appreciated it. Um, uh, you, you gave me some insight on the idea of allowing kids into the conversation that I don't think I really thought of before. So yeah, I love that. I appreciate that because my, I don't have kids and my brain is like kids are to be seen and not heard. Um, but what you said actually makes so much more sense to me. And I actually agree with that. So see, always learning, always learning. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad I can help you out. (laughs) Thank you so much. You have a great night and thank you for calling. I really appreciate it. Bye Joe. Okay. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerts when new episodes air. Also check out Flight Attendant Joe on Facebook and Instagram. And if you still haven't had enough of me, (laughs) check out the blog at www.flightattendantjoe.com.